Hi, we're the Mind Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind body concerns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back. It is cold here. Yeah. So if anybody is with us in Calgary or even like I think it's cold spell everywhere, it is what, like minus, it was minus 35 this morning. And with the windshield, it's like minus 40. Oh, yeah. It's crazy cold. Uh, I think a lot of people are hibernating in their homes. Yeah, it like <laughs> this morning I went and started my car mm-hmm. and just out of curiosity, I was wondering how long could I stand outside before this becomes a little bit painful. <sighs> not highly recommended, not recommending this yeah. to people. But after about three minutes. Three minutes? That seems like you're out there for kind of a long time. Yeah, it's cold. And even our dog. Darla, yeah. who's like a German Shepherd cross, mm-hmm. like designed for cold weather. Yeah, she's starting after a few minutes picking up her feet. She's like, no. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, it's funny, though. Every time I go outside, I think of that cold plunge that you talk about or yeah, that like yeah. cold effect of impacting the nervous system. So I'm like, huh, maybe I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little forced. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, I'd rather not be. But. Everyone in Calgary is toning their vagus nerve. Yeah. Just not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. So today, we're going to talk about negative thinking. Yeah, which I think it's it's time to kind of revisit that topic again, because that is something I'm hearing about a lot, is this kind of like stuck spiral of negative thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging one. Yeah. So our topic for today is how to reduce our negative thinking patterns to eliminate our chronic pain and symptoms. Yeah which I think is a bold statement. Yes, it is a bold statement, but I think it's a confident statement because, yeah, there there can be a direct connection with negative thinking and symptoms. Mm-hmm. If your pain or symptoms are partly neuroplastic mm. or fully neuroplastic, I can promise you the way you're thinking, the thoughts that you're having, the beliefs that you have, they are affecting your physical symptoms. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely something that needs to be focused on yeah. and kind of looked at. And this is no, like we, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, these statements with no research backing. <laughs> yes. I rarely do and, and try my best not to because we know this in research. Like there's been studies where they tracked people with back pain. Mm hmm. And I think six months later to a year later, the people that were more likely to still have back pain were the people that had the highest levels of fear. Yeah. And so fear thoughts, hopeless thoughts, obsessive thinking, which mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm very prone to myself. Yeah. You know this. Yes. They have a direct correlation on our chronic pain and symptoms. Yes. And that negative kind of slant to thinking is in that category as well yeah even that like like critical self-talk even if it's like kind of negative like thoughts connected to other topics outside of pain it's just that critical mind Mm -hmm. 
Because what happens is your mind and your body, your mind and your nervous system, they're linked. Yes. They're interlinked. And so the more we get lost in negative thinking patterns, mm -hmm. the further dysregulated our nervous system becomes. Yeah. And that's a great way of looking at it. It's like negative thinking patterns equals dysregulation. And yeah. so that's why we want to target those patterns. Yeah. And then the limbic circuits mm -hmm. in your brain. Very smart time. Very, very yeah. fancy You're terms like here. <laughs> really, people can think of these as like the danger circuits in mm -hmm. your brain. Yep. Those get lit up. The more you're having this negative thinking and the longer it's going on, the more it perpetuates it. And those danger circuits are very associated with what they believe to be the cause of neuroplastic pain and symptoms. Yes. And so the more those are really fired up and oversensitized, the worse our chronic pain and symptoms are going to become. Yeah. And a conversation I always end up having with people is, okay, why do I have this chronic and negative thinking and how does it connect to my pain? So mm -hmm. it's like negative thinking breeds more negative thinking breeds more symptoms. Yeah. And, you know, at our clinic, what I talk about it as is the sensitization cycle. Mm. So sensitization, what I mean by this is when our nervous system becomes dysregulated, yes, it becomes sensitized. So all of a sudden, people with a dysregulated nervous system are much more likely to develop chronic pain and symptoms. And so we talk about the sensitization cycle. Your negative thinking is about this. Mm -hmm. So if you have chronic pain or symptoms, yes, and then you develop fear thoughts, despair thoughts, self-critical thoughts, obsessive thinking about your chronic pain or symptoms, your nervous system then becomes further dysregulated. And as a result, the brain triggers more pain or symptoms. It's complicated because I think it's valid why someone might develop fear thoughts, despair thoughts, obsessive thoughts about their symptoms. Yes. And there's two different categories for people here. Some people, when they develop chronic pain and symptoms, they weren't that prone to negative thinking before. Mm. But because it just gets caught, they get caught on it. Yes. And as a result, it just spirals. But I think the majority of people that I see had these negative thinking patterns since childhood yeah, or early adulthood, myself included. And at some point, the nervous system became sensitized enough that you started to experience pain and symptoms. And then it just takes off like wildfire. Totally. So this the stage is kind of set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we're making it sound a little bit fearful and scary right now. <laughs> yeah. Realize we're talking intensely about the sensitization cycle yeah. and what this takes place, but it's truly, it's not hopeless. I want mm -mm. for people to be clear about this. I am one of the most obsessive people I know. It's true. I think he is like the most obsessive people yeah. I know. So when, you know, people tell me, like, I don't think I can change my thinking, mm. it's not possible. And it's not to say I don't get caught still, mm -hmm. but compared to 10 years ago, it is night and day. That's true. And it started with understanding that you have this obsessive cycle. Yes. And fear thoughts, despair mm -hmm. thoughts. I have the whole package. I, yeah. I don't discriminate against one type of negative thinking. I'm all over the place. Yes. But I'm giving a message of hope here that you can change it. I've done it. And you can find a path forward. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, and I think like 
at that, if it feels like you're at the beginning of that journey, it can feel very overwhelming Mm -hmm. of like, okay, well, where do I start? It's a lot of work. Like, and so what is your answer to that, Tanner? My answer is that it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lie about that because one of the hardest things I work with is thoughts. Yeah. Here's the issue is sensations can be very scary. Don't get me wrong. Especially if we've experienced like great trauma or adversity in our life. But the thing about sensations is they move relatively slow Mm -hmm. compared to thoughts. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about this as we go, but thoughts are very fast and they're very tricky. And so for myself, I can get obsessed about things and be spiraling into that an hour later only to realize, whoa, what's going on? Right. And so that's the pattern that we're trying to break. But we're trying to get people to enter this symptom safety cycle Mm -hmm. where basically you start to develop more, not positive, but more balanced thoughts. You have less fear thoughts. You feel more calm, connected, hopeful. You're thinking in this way. And as a result of doing that, your nervous system becomes more regulated. Mm. And then the brain starts to turn down that volume of chronic pain and symptoms. Yes. And I've seen that cycle play out for so many people. So it is a possibility. With that cycle, because I think like, yes, like we all know, okay, challenge negative thinking with positive thinking. Sometimes we can just get caught in our head of just kind of thinking about our thinking. So is there another way of doing that? That's not necessarily about reframing. Reframing is good, but that's a piece of it. Yeah. And so today we're going to talk about a skill we've talked about in the past that's going to be very helpful for this. Yes. But before we dive into that, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've discussed this on the podcast before. But in my opinion, there's two main reasons we get caught into fearful, despair, self-critical, obsessive thinking. Mm -hmm. Two main reasons. And most people have both going on. Yeah. So it's not like you have one or the other most of the time. Like, they're interlinked. That concept, number one, is the concept we've talked about from Deb Dana, which is story follows state. Mm -hmm. Is that it is really hard to reframe your thinking if you're in a very dysregulated state. Totally. That's a near impossible thing I know from experience. And story follows state is the idea that the dysregulation in your body is triggering the negative thinking that you're having in your head. Mm -hmm. And we know this just around the vagus nerve. I've talked about the vagus nerve with people before and how the brain and the body communicate. And in the vagus nerve, about 80% of the communication goes from body to brain. Only about 20% of the communication in the vagus nerve goes from brain to body. And your vagus nerve is essential for you to feel calm, at ease, relaxed. Mm -hmm. And so only 20% of what makes up the vagus nerve is going brain to body. So changing your thoughts will take you only so far. Right. So again, the highlight, like, that's not necessarily bad. That's like a useful tool that we all should be using. But we forget about shifting into the body. Yes. And creating regulation in the body is Mm -hmm. going to have a real impact on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Now, the second reason negative thinking becomes so rampant for people is it becomes wired into the brain. Yes. You and I were actually talking about this this morning. Mm -hmm. It becomes so 
wired and so familiar. I've heard Alan Gordon talk about this, that it's just repeating the same template. It's like yes. it's playing out the same template it knows so well on every various topic that you're dealing with in your life. Totally. So sometimes I think it's fair to think of like this chronic habitual negative thinking as almost like automatic thoughts that are just playing in the background mm -hmm. habitually. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it difficult. Yes. Is your brain just gravitates towards them. Right. It's like the normal state of being. Yeah. And that's why consistency is key here, as we're going to talk about. Yes. Understanding it in that way, I think, is useful, though, of recognizing, okay, this is that automatic, habitual process I have going on and externalizing it from it a little bit if we can. Mm -hmm. So a great skill that I talk about with mm -hmm. people is the 3R skill. Yes. What I love about this skill, even before I explain it, and we'll break it down for people, but before I explain it, what I love about the 3R skill is it involves reframing. Mm -hmm. So it involves top-down, brain-to-body, but it also involves regulation. Yes. It involves bottom-up. And I think it's a great skill for actually reducing our negative thinking patterns because both is involved in it. Mm -hmm. It's a well-rounded thing. Well, sometimes you'll a therapist and they're very top-down or bottom-up. At our clinic, we tend to do a mix of the two. Right. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to highlight with this skill, though, if you're so used to being up in your head, then spending a little time there, but more time in the body is important. Yeah. So just being aware of that, of like, okay, I'm going to kind of think about these thoughts for a second, <laughs> and then I'm shifting to the body. Yeah, and this is the thing is we're... We're explaining the skill generally for people, mm -hmm. but it's important to know you're going to have to make it specific for yourself. Yeah. Um, for myself, like sometimes reframing thoughts was useful, mm -hmm. but I really had to practice being in my body and creating regulation there first. And by doing that, some of the top down, like reframing became a little bit easier. Totally. So it is feeling around with it. Yeah. So the three R skill. Mm-hmm. First R, mm -hmm. realize. Yes, always the most important step with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Simplest step, the hardest step. Right. And what is it again exactly that we are telling people to realize? So you're realizing that your brain has basically snapped back into fear thoughts, negative thinking, obsessive thinking. Yes. That's it. It's, it's that simple. But the problem is that the negative thing has become so familiar for a lot of yes. people that it's almost just running in the background and they're not even aware that it's taking place. Totally. And so that means stopping, to slow down, to check in. But it's usually this thinking that is almost sometimes on a loop. Like you're thought about it, you're doing something else, you thought about it, you're doing something else. So it's this constant yeah. loop of obsessive thinking. So the more you can realize right away that you're doing it, yeah, the more effective this can be. If I can catch myself 30 seconds into a fear spiral in my mind, I'm in a much better position to exit out of that compared to if it goes on for three days. Totally. And so that's a starting place in itself is like stopping to recognize, realize, and name it. Yeah. Now, the second R, mm. also really fast. You just got to re-examine. And this is the reframing. 
But I want to be clear, it's it's really fast. Don't get caught re-examining your thoughts for 20 minutes. If that's what you do after this podcast, you're doing it wrong. Totally. It's like yeah. the one minute and then into you, yeah. into your body or somewhere else. So the two things I have people do about re-examining is you're becoming aware, first off, that the story's probably occurring due to the state of your body. Mm. That's important. It, it takes one moment to tell yourself that. But it's important because it kind of detaches us from the story being so truthful mm -hmm. that it's more a result of the state of our nervous system. But as you re-examine, it's important to ask, is this true mm -hmm. or is this helpful? Yes. Not simple. And something could be true, but not helpful. So <laughs> it doesn't yeah. need to be both of those for you to do this strategy. Yes. I can tell people, without a doubt, thinking about your chronic pain or symptoms in this negative way is never helpful. Right. And most of the time it's not true. Yes. But with any situation in our life, this is often not the case. Like 95% of the stuff I think about, it's not even close to true. No. And if we aren't sure if we believe that it's not true or not, that doesn't always matter. Jump to, is it helpful? Yes. So realize and re-examine the first two steps mm -hmm. of this three-hour process should take you 30 seconds to do. Yes. Really fast. Little tip for the re-examine. Sometimes our, our thoughts get so jumbly that it's hard to do. Write it down. Okay. Write down a sentence or two. It really can help it sink in a bit or talk it out loud. Yeah. Because otherwise we're lost in these really fast thoughts and we're almost battling a little too intensely. Now the third R, my favorite step. <laughs> Good. <laughs> My favorite end. This is an important step. <laughs> Restore. Mm, yeah. I like that word. Yeah. Restore. It is a nice word. It, it feels nice. comforting yeah. when we talk about this. It feels nice to say if you're yeah. listening to this right now, just practice saying We restore. all want to restore our, yeah. our minds yeah. and bodies. Yeah. It's a great word. It's a hopeful word. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> You're, what you're doing here is you're restoring safety to your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, how are ways that we can do that? There's three ways you can restore. And you might do a mix. Yeah. So, again, I'm just explaining this generally. You'll have to play around. But cognitively, behaviorally, semantically. Mm -hmm. All three of these ways you can restore and create safety. So, cognitively, this is more this top down, right? Like you're reframing, mm -hmm. you're giving a message of safety. Mm -hmm. This is not toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. If you're toxically positive, lying to yourself, it's never going to work. Your brain knows when you're lying to yourself. When I say messages of safety about your situation, I'm just giving an example of making it more balanced. Yeah. That's it. It's just a more balanced thought. So instead of thinking, you know, I'm in this pain flare, it's definitely going to last for four more weeks. It's probably thinking, you know, I'm in this pain flare, but I've had pain flares before and I'm getting better at responding to them and it's temporary and it'll probably come back down. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I'm giving a random example, but often that's not a lie. It's just a message of safety that's more balanced. So that's the cognitive and again, if don't get caught in your mind for 20 minutes. Mm -mm, yeah, that should be really quick, that part. It should be really fast, but you might have to do it repetitively. Mm -hmm. That's the secret. If you do this once a day, it's not going to be enough. I can speak from experience. If you do this once a day, it's not going to be enough to, to change that negative thinking pattern. 
It needs to be very consistent. Yeah. Anne's favorite word, consistency. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, it always comes up. It always comes say. up. Yeah, it's important. Go. Okay, the second way you can restore is behaviorally. Yes. And I, I think there's a lot of ways you can do that. So it's figuring out kind of what resonates for you and maybe what fix, works in that situation as well. Yeah. So behaviorally... And sometimes this mixes into somatically a little bit. Yeah. The lines are a bit blurry and that's okay. But for myself, like if I'm lost in my thoughts, sometimes engaging in a behavior can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So I'll play like tug of war with our puppy Darla. Yes. And I'm moving my body. Like I'm excited. Like she's excited. Like I've shifted to a behavior. Yes. Instead of staying in my mind. And something that's key with this is we want to take a mindful approach. So you talked about shifting to a behavior. So that means kind of focus on what you're doing, trying to be present outside, not engaging in those thoughts. Yeah. Right. Um, and one thing I want to mention here is some people can say, oh, well, you're just distracting. This is where a little bit of distracting isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's distraction, but it's very purposeful. Yes. I like the way Alan Gordon talks about it because distraction is like you're almost trying to run away. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be able to resist yourself from thinking these things. Like that's never going to work well. Mm-hmm. Resisting your thoughts is just going to create more thoughts. What we're doing is we're shifting mm-hmm. and we're shifting towards something. Yes. So, where I see people get wrong using distraction is they're using it as this like avoidance thing mm-hmm. where, you know, behaviorally, like you're shifting to that behavior that brings about calmness or safety or enjoyment. Yeah. So it's recognize, notice, and then shift. Yes. And so the last way is somatically. Yes. And of course, we both love this way because we're trying to get people out of their heads. Yes. And when you shift somatically, you kind of have two options. You can shift to something that feels pleasant or neutral. Mm-hmm. Always a great thing. And you can even create a sensation like rubbing your legs or rubbing your hands together. Yeah. Um, all that can be really helpful. Or you could shift to the dysregulation mm-hmm. and do some somatic work on the dysregulation. Totally. So that's an idea. Like if you're practicing somatic tracking, where you would bring that in and then kind of track somatically that dysregulation in your body. Um, sometimes I talk with people about shifting to just the sensation of breathing and stepping out of the head into the body. Yeah. 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 Breathing can be enough. Yeah. Because you're just shifting to something somatically to feels good or feels calm yeah and so th- that is creating safety right there and then not engaging yeah so that's the three r skill yeah realize re-examine restore yeah and it is really simple but it's very hard to do and maybe that's where that work component comes into play mm-hmm. but it's important to try not to do this with pressure and bring in an element of compassion yes so that's our podcast on thoughts. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.